Hi, this is Bob, and welcome to the podcast. Allow me to take a moment to paint a picture. A farmland converted into a venue for a memorable rock experience in an isolated place. Sounds a whole lot like Woodstock to me. And if you're in Ohio, friends, there is a Woodstock in your backyard. This event is called Tiki Sticks. It's located in Marion, Ohio. This event provides everything you need for the ultimate rock and metal party. Oh, and you want to do something good in the process? Tiki Sticks donates money from the event to charity. I went to this event to speak with Spirit Machines and had one of the best concert experiences of my life. In this podcast, I will speak with the curators and the artists. So sit back and enjoy the Tiki Sticks experience. And I'll see you there next year. My first interview is with John Gear and Sarietta Maine, two of the people that make this event happen. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you could give me a background on this event. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So um, uh, it's actually myself, my mother, and my sister. Um, we all live on the property. Um, it's like three and a half acres of property. So um, we like, we're, we're very social people. We're very big into anything rock and roll, anything music. Um, I mean, really, that's kind of what we've based our entire life around. It's just, it's so healing, so therapeutic. Um, and we started noticing that there was, there were people in our inner circle that hadn't been to that many shows. They don't like bars. They don't like crowded venues. They don't like paying $80 for an outdoor weekend show. So we thought, like, how can we bridge the gap? We have the space. We have the knowledge. We know a lot of bands. And, and since the beginning of it, five years ago we've really expanded where our bands are coming from um, and, and kind of trying to fine tune how we do things, um, how we organize things. But really it, it was literally started as the Tiki Bar, which we're sitting yeah. in right now. Um, just kind of a place for our friends and family to gather and just became something bigger. Everybody kind of had their input. Um, Anthony was actually one of the original people to kind of collaborate. One of the OGs. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just kind of taken off from there. And our whole purpose is uh, we it's always a charity event. Um, this year it's the American Cancer Society. Um, we actually just found out that my sister uh, has lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and a lot of our staff has either lost a family member to cancer or we actually have two cancer survivors on our staff. So um, last, not last year, not the year we lost, but the year before that, um, it was the American Heart Association. And up on the wall, um, a guy named Chris Simpkins, he was very, very into the music scene as well. In fact, he was called Merch. He was a merch guy. He, he hung out at the Al Rosa. So we met him through music. So the people we meet through music, whatever has the most impact on them, that's where we focus our yearly charity on. Um, so yeah, I mean, from there, we, we've just tried giving, giving bands the opportunity to put themselves out there to different people who would otherwise not get to see them live. Right. And uh, as far as uh, getting your contacts with bands, um, do you have a lot of contacts online with bands, or how do you get in touch? Well, um... Yeah, a, lot, a lot of online, and then a lot of just uh, from other bands that we've met, and for friends with bands, shows we go to, like, we'll see a band we like, we'll just start talking to them, have them on Facebook, and then we'll hit them up and just see if they want to come do Tiki Stick the next year. So it's just a lot of a lot of random yes. places and uh, then there's also friends, family, all kinds of people. Like people make suggestions, bands we never heard of or um, might pop up on YouTube too as well, things like that is how some of the bands have been found. So it just comes from all different directions that we pull it in from. Yeah, and we've we've kind of pulled staff um, in in the past 
and um, ask them, like, okay, so what shows have you been to that I haven't? Who did you think was good? Like, who can we look into? So we, we get, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of collaboration and a lot of communication between the staff. And then um, mom has very good contacts um, with bands like Boba Flex, for example, or the, who are now the Lonely Ones. Um, Roxy May, just people that we have always went out to see. Cause I, there was one year we saw Boba Flex maybe 12 times in a year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really all about going to the shows and bringing those shows here. And uh, I wanted to ask you, um, when you started out on this uh, endeavor, was this land already open space, or did you have to open it up to accommodate the event? Well, um, actually, my children, um, I'm Christina Manesi, the, the host. I'm her daughter, um, and my children are the fifth generation to be on the property. So originally, a long time ago, it was... Um, a, an operational farm and they owned the property all the way back to the Scioto River which is a whole big field back that way so I mean it, it's been condensed down um, we, we've tried to kind of form things to where it's still functional for our family but very easily can be turned around and it can host these events also, are there other events during the year, or is this the main event of the year here? This would be like the main main event, but then there's like a Halloween party that we do. It's just uh, usually no bands, it's just, uh, just a big party with costume contests, things like that. But this is the only like big actual with bands event that's done. Yeah, we, ha we have done a couple of smaller uh, one-day events. Um, people will come to us that are in our, our county. And they'll say, look, this is what we're trying to accomplish. This is what we're trying to raise money for. And as long as it meets certain criteria, because we do have rules, and there are there's a certain way things have to go um, in order for everybody to be safe. Of course, we have to have event insurance. So as long as it follows certain guidelines, we're very open to other people using the space for a good cause. So we have had smaller one-day shows that we don't really host, but we provide the space for. Um, do you notice a, a spark in the community um, when these events do happen? Oh, unfortunately, it. I think as of now, it's a mixed reaction. We are a little further out, which some people absolutely love that idea. And a lot of our neighbors, they've actually commented, oh, yeah, we, we heard you last weekend. We were out in our lawn chairs listening. And then, of course, you always have the select few that do not like the music choice. Um, they, they don't support it. Um, but you, you have closed-minded individuals no matter where you go. Um, we, we just make sure that we're responsible about it. There's not trash left everywhere. Um, and, of course, nobody's being disrespectful. Like, we don't let people park off the road. But, yeah, I'd say it's, it's mixed. Um, we, we are getting more people from the city drawn out. And, actually, we have a couple people here today from Columbus. Um, we have people from Newark. So I, I like the way it's widespread. I wish there was a little more spark coming out of our local community with it. Unfortunately, I think it will come with time. I mean, you're running a great event here. Everything is organized and everything is uh, very well put together. I think uh, with time, I think uh, people will come around. You know, they do. Well, thank you for that. And we try. And there, there's a lot to it. And and I mean, we're we're still figuring things out ourselves. Even after five years. There's still things that need fine-tuned with every crowd, so it, it's ever-changing. Sure. As we were talking earlier, this is my first time actually interviewing people in person. Normally, I do my podcast, I'm on phone, I'm secure in my house, and oh, yes, there's, no, yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no, not that one-on-one. -on -one. So it, Right. You know, I think it's a great way to grow, and... Uh, I think what you're doing will definitely uh, take off as well. Um, as far as the planning, um, do you, 
How far in advance do you know in the future who, like, will be coming next year? Uh, there's a few bands that are on the list that we're just not able to get on for this year that are on the waiting list for next year, so they're first in line for it. And then usually it's around, like, February, March. It starts getting planned and finding which bands by February, mid-February, we want to have, and then start contacting and seeing who's available. And then it just kind of goes from there. Okay, and uh, what is the web address so everyone knows how to? Honestly, the the best way to to find us and the event um, is I, I think pretty much everybody nowadays is uh, at least on Facebook just to find things out or to see pictures. So the best way, most convenient, is just to go to Facebook. Um, they can look up the Tiki Bar, um, which is of course this location um, and then everything for tiki stick which a lot of people get confused because there is no c in right. stick so um yes it's just s-t-i-k tiki stick um that event usually comes up about about february march is when it starts uh, we get the date locked in and start an announcing bands as we get them um signed on okay excellent and um as far as uh, getting out to the community of Marion, um, is there anything you would like to tell the city of Marion about this event, and uh, what can uh, the city do to help support this event? Uh, you're obviously supporting a great cause, and uh, I'm sure there, you know, even though there may be people that don't like the music, gotta like the cause. There's gotta be a way to. Uh, get a hold of you and be able to donate to that cause whether you're here or not yeah. um just like well we do sponsorships and just yes. like sponsorships would be you know something that they can do um it helps get their name out there and then helps get get the bands here and helps provide everything for the bands um so that all the proceeds can be donated then to a good cause a charity so you know honestly the the way i look at it is everyone especially during covid of course, that, that's like the million-dollar word this year. Yes. So during COVID, everyone complained because there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. I miss live music. I would say put your money where your mouth is. Get out there and support music, no matter where it's at, it, it, whether it's a bar, a venue, um, a rock-out, camp-out style. Just get there. People, right. people are what the bands like to see. You, no band wants to be up in front of five people. Yeah, right. You want to have a crowd. You, you want to feel embraced. And the bigger the crowd, the better the band plays. The more revenue can go towards a charity. It, it just it takes people actually buying their ticket, taking time out of their weekend, and we're kid friendly. I mean. There's some swear words, but I mean, it's nothing, nothing that they're not hearing on YouTube, right. I'm sure, or the radio anymore, so. I think it's a big misconception with people nowadays, you know, especially people in my generation. Um, when I was growing up, bands were actually getting proceeds from album sales. That's not true anymore. No, it is yeah. not. Um, without the support of being on the road and selling merchandise and stuff, there's really no money to be made in yes. the industry anymore. Yes. So I think the more people that realize that this is how to support your bands, to get out and see them, because buying, buying their CD, streaming it, they're not really seeing the money. No, yeah. not at all. And what they do see is not enough to get by. No, definitely and, and, not. Uh, you know, the days of uh, million-dollar record deals are over. Yes. They don't exist. Unfortunately, yeah. it's all about big tech now. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would say the only way around that is get out there, buy a T-shirt, buy a CD, Get up, act silly, get some cardio in, and go see support, live yes. music. You gotta support your music. You yes. have to support the music. And, uh, you know, this year, the only good thing that did come out of COVID is some of the best albums that have ever been released have been released. Amen, brother. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time and speaking with me. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, thank no you. Problem.
I look forward to coming next year. Do you have a new regular? Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. We appreciate your support. All right. You guys take care. Uh, you too. All right. I had the pleasure of speaking with Casey Sands. We got to talk about the industry, um, state of music today, and uh, what makes it all tick now. And here is my interview with him. The reason I asked you for the interview was I wanted to learn uh, some of the background, your background, and uh, <laughs> I was very, your vocals sound very heartfelt and uh, very sincere. I wanted to know, are a lot of your vocals based upon your true life experiences? Yeah, I, I storytell. I write every song as a story that I've been through or a journey that I've dealt with that I just want other people to know that no matter what, there's always somebody feeling that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not alone. Like, you can listen to this and be like, oh man, if this dude's doing good, maybe I can do good, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up a little rough. Like I didn't have a mom. I barely had a dad. I lived with my great grandparents my whole life. I took care of them when I was old enough to take care of them after they raised me. Um, and then up until about two years ago, that stopped when my great grandfather died. And then I started off with Metal Mafia in okay. the music scene, I, and I was a mascot for them. I was a unicorn, and that was that was the first time I played here, and I met them. And then I split off from them and I started doing my solo thing. But um, I've been singing for a long time. I've been singing my whole life. I used to go to Christian school when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I used to do choir and I'd always do the church choir. Um, but yeah, I try to give it my all, man. You have to. Like, you got to put your heart So You got to make people feel what you feel. Because that's what the show is. You know what I'm saying? And you do very well in your delivery. I appreciate that. Thank you. I know. I know my image is a little out there, and I, I talk about some off the wall shit sometimes, but I do appreciate that. But life is off the wall, so hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. That's we what do. it is. We had to relish in today. You know. You know, like I was, I was excited to be able. to interview spirit machines here rather than over a phone or something oh yeah no it's definitely it's a whole different vibe in person than compared to like over the phone most definitely you know i do you know i do mostly uh metal interviews uh i do uh, interviews of all new releases on metal albums i usually go through 20 30 a week so that's my background and uh you know I wanted to ask you, do you have any releases out right now? Um, we dropped our very first music video of 420 this year on YouTube and Facebook. It's all under Casey's hands. Um, other than that, no, I haven't. I've been doing this for, I've been in the scene for about three and a half, or no, sorry. I started off in the scene, I was doing the Metal Mafia thing for three and a half years, and then I've been doing my solo thing for about two and a half years now. Um, I haven't put out much music. I try to keep it to where if I can't afford to put out a music video for a song, I don't want to drop anything because I want I want the professionalism of it and I want people to actually pay attention to it. And nowadays, you got to have something to like entertain people as well as what they're listening. To. Right, because a lot of people nowadays it seems like with the attention span, it's okay. All right, I've heard this now. Let's go to the next. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's like a lot of my music. I try to keep it anywhere from like two minutes to two minutes and 45 seconds. I've probably got 30 songs in my whole catalog alone, and there's probably five or six of them that are three to four minutes. Just because that's the like average time span people pay attention to like videos and shit nowadays. Right. After that, they're on to the next song. Like they don't want to listen to three, four minute songs anymore. Right. And Rush would have released 2112. Oh yeah, which now is it a twenty-three-minute song. It was this day a flop. No one would have made yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no. because no one wants this. Even though the concept is very well thought of and everything. Oh yeah, it's, it's a whole, hard it's to a keep whole someone there that long. Sure. Um, how do you see the industry from where you sit, working on getting a deal, working on breaking it and stuff? How do you see it today, with knowing that? The way the music world is right now, that the, the money is not 
in sales. The money is doing what you're doing. Yeah. Going out, bringing it to people, selling merchandise, all um, that. I'm not gonna lie, uh, the mainstream industry, like, of course it's anybody's dream to be, you know, that big, that paid. I'm not, I'm not really that big into it. Like, at the end of the day, whether you're national or local, if you do it right, it don't matter. You know where you're playing if you have a packed crowd every time and you're making merch sales and people are rocking your music they're liking your stuff on the internet like they're finding you they're tracking you down the industry's rough though like because just fads and culture is constantly changing so it's hard to keep up to date because like the chances of starting like a rock band or a metal band nowadays and trying to be like metallica or something like that realistically you're probably never going to make that. Like, right. you could. You At the end of the day, you you never know what you could do. But the reality of it is, the chances are probably not. Now, rap or pop music, right now, in the past couple of years, anything with that, you have a higher chance of... That's why I started rap. I like to sing. I'm not really a big rap fan. I like to listen to rap music. But I prefer to sing over rap. Right. But... I feel like I lose a lot of people when I get more into just that straight, like, singing, like, soul stuff. Mm -hmm. So I throw the rap in there because then it brings a whole different crowd. Like, sure. I got kids to elderly people that come up to me at shows and, like, man, like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, that's awesome, man. Can I get a sticker? Or can I, like, you know, you got right. music somewhere? Like, um, so it's rough with the industry. Like, it's hard to make it in it really no matter who you are because you're always going to have somebody against you right um and people are always going to be trying to nitpick you down to where you are oh, sure so you really just got to stick to your own thing and build it up the best you can you just gotta you gotta build it for yourself you gotta build it for right. the business you gotta be like look i'm gonna do this to get paid and get myself out there not like i need somebody to sign me for a hundred thousand dollars and blah blah that's not, that's not the way anymore. Right. Next, I had the experience of speaking with Roxy May, who lit up the stage. And here is my interview with Roxy May. All right, I'm here with Roxy May. Guys just got done destroying the Tiki sticks. I wanted to know, uh, how did it feel out there today? Oh, awesome, man. It was loud, and just, yeah, we haven't played a loud show in a long time, you know? So, we like to turn it up a lot. Uh, what are some of your guys' influences? Oh, God, you can go first. Influences? Um, on guitar, I would say um, Steve Stevens slash little Jimmy Page. That's so cool. You know, like those three, I would say. My, my favorite bands and my influences are probably Metallica and Dio, I would say. Yeah, Iron Maiden, you know, that kind right. of stuff. So I just try to add a little bit of that into it. I noticed in your music, um, Vi's influence in it, mm -hmm. it definitely does show. Uh, yeah, that's due to, I think, both of our childhoods. We just grew up listening to that stuff, yeah. Absolutely, I did as well. Yeah. Um, as far as inspirations for the songs on your CD. Uh, what are some of the things that inspire you in your lyrics? Oh, man. Oh, I, well, I would say a lot of it's just written in that first person. Like, things we went through. Yeah, I mean, you write a lot about love and, like, being from a small town and shit like that. that so. Yeah, like, just uh, trying to over, overcome... The, the deeper songs, yeah, there's a couple of them that overcoming that adversities and stuff like that, but then... Um, there's just some fun party songs in there too, and there's some heartbreakers in there. Just songs, anything that's a real feeling, whether it makes you, whether you're in a feeling of like, like let's party, or a feeling of like, oh, I'm so sad, or whatever the feeling is. Just written around feelings mostly. And how is the music scene in Columbus? Uh, we don't play a lot in Columbus, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of. You gotta go out and you know go to other cities. Right. Because Columbus is more contemporary, I would say, more you know, kid with a computer.
music, you know, right. so who cares? But uh, there's a, there's a lot around Columbus that you can play that's that's very cool and still love rock and roll, you know. And I think clubs are actually becoming a resurgence in Ohio. For a while, they're dying out. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's finally coming back. Um, you know, for example, Canton opened an art district now, and there's bands there. Yeah, we got to play Buzzman up there. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a great club. No, it was really. Uh, there are a few clubs, I mean, that are actually really cool and really nice, and, you know, they treat you well, so we kind of stick to those if we're going to play local. Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh, really like our and our Bar and uh, Turtle Creek and uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's not too many right now, but they're coming back. Yeah, they really are. They haven't been bought out by corporations yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there more uh, more music coming in the future? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. we're writing currently, so we uh, we hope to have something by next year. Excellent. We've released, uh, we're releasing a little single right now. We just put out a, a little departure from another stuff, a real mellow ballad. It slips away. That just came out. Then we're, we're releasing a top secret cover song. Yeah. What do you mean? Top secret. Next one. Next one. It's actually not very top secret. But, yeah. Very good. And um, if you could provide, if you could write down any mission statement of the band, what would you say your mission statement is? Oh. God, that's a hard question. A mission statement, that means like a purpose. Like, yeah, purpose. Yeah, purpose what, would you, yeah. what would you like to do with this band? Um, I would say the, the main one, just one. No, you can give me many. Yeah, just a spiel. Like, hey, wow. our mission is to rock your face off and get wasted. I, don't know. I would say a whole, <laughs> a whole multitude of things would be awesome. If we could, like, if we could, A, like, you know, just get back to playing these shows and, like, and, like, you know, bringing up good energy and, like, having people have a good time and rock shows, but then also put out music that people really, you know, get into and can really just enjoy in whatever way they enjoy it. And maybe also, you know, getting some stuff in, like, in TV or film or something like that, too. Where it, like, nice. Where it soundtrack, yeah. And as far as uh, being a band, working on getting a deal and working on taking that next step. How do you see the industry today as far as trying to come up and trying to achieve that goal? It's rough, man. It's really rough. You got, the only thing I can say about that is you have to know somebody. You can't, you can't just willy-nilly be a good band and, you know, expect to be famous. You, you got to know somebody, man. And it's hard to do with, with all of the digital stuff that's coming out and all the, right. you know, streaming and all that shit. I mean, there's no money in getting a record deal anymore. Right. You know? Yeah, uh, I think kinda... uh, that's the, it's a, um, the new state of the industry is a, a gift, but also a curse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can find anything you, you want. Right. Anything. Also, you're not making any money. We're not making any money off streaming services, you know. But you make it when you go play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and sell merch, you know. Yeah, the days, the days of the million dollar deals are, yeah. are gone. Yeah. Well, we're not, yeah, we're not stressed out about it either. We kind of found our, our niche in the scene, sort of. Um, we're just like, we know that, like, what is meant to happen will happen if we just try our best. And that's right. Keep playing shows, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if we were meant to be, like, signed and we're giving our best, it would happen. But, you know, a lot of the stuff you can almost do eliminating the middleman anyways. Yep. So. Yeah, there's a lot of DIY acts anymore, and that's kind of cool, but, like, I don't want to dive that far deep into it. <laughs> I, mean, I do have a career, but it's like, you know, I just do this kind of for a good time, you know. I love, I love playing music live. We've kind of honed a, a niche at this point where it's like, if, if bigger things happen, that'd be awesome. But we're, we're, we've kind of you know, found a, a sweet spot, kind of. Mm-hmm. And your showmanship is very good on stage. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. We just have fun and try to. We do try to entertain. You know, you got to move around. You got to, right. you know, sure. be into yourself. So. Right. No one wants to. I tried say one singing on a stool singing songs about the desert. Eh? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> see that. Or a guy standing there, you know, just standing there, doing sure. nothing, you know.
Right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sell it, man. You really do. Yeah, I just try to think of like, what, what, what do I want in a show? And I right. Do our best to share sure. that with our means and our budget. Okay. And you know, like you mentioned earlier, all the '80s influences. Like those guys. If you watch any of those videos from way back when, like they're all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of my earliest influences, I'm quite a bit older than you guys are, obviously, but um, my earliest influence was Ace Frehley, mm-hmm. watching him oh, yeah. on stage. I mean, Paul Stanley and yeah. Gene Simmons, too, man. Like, they were yeah. killers on stage. Oh, you know? They entertained. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even have to play anything great. They just entertained. Right. And that was it. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah we, we put an emphasis on that. Like, we want to be tight musically, but we also, we don't Lastly, I an interview with the headliner of the show, the Spirit Machines, and here is my interview with them. Cleveland. I've never seen that much smoke in my life. Like that is insane. I know 
volume of smoke. Yeah, there's a couple fires and there was a big hay fire in Salt Lake because it rained a bunch, ironically. Like rain, the hay got wet and then it caught on fire. Um, really? But, yeah, yeah, it was nice. But, but, so our flight was delayed, we missed our connection and... In Chicago. But we're used to just craziness. Usually we're having to adjust and just... Dave said, Dave's motto is it's rock and roll and when, when things are going bad, he just looks at me and he's just like, it's rock and roll. Just, That's true. So we just adjusted and rented a car because we're definitely going to make it. It's going to be okay. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. well we, built, no we built in the time. Dave built in the time. We went a day early so that there was... If something happened. Yeah. 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 yeah so we planned. Um, we planned for failure. <laughs> it's a shame you can't stay in Ohio longer. Um, we were discussing that... Uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is here, yeah. and the actual phrase rock and roll was coined by Alan Freed here, and the mics, the very mic they spoke it on is in the Rock Hall, and then, of course they have the, uh, the ZZ Top uh, Eliminator car actually there right now because of ZZ Top and everything, so they're displaying it. Crazy. Well, we'll be back. Got the fuck away from United and the Chicago airport, which was oh, 
Yeah, we got some Chicago pizza, but they were bummed because it wasn't. Oh yeah, we, we like well, out of our way to get Chicago pizza, pizza. I mean, pizza fuels the band. Usually we go to Ogden, which is like kind of like our Marion. Um, and there's a pizza place up there, Lucky Slice, that we usually plan our trip around. So we got our pizza. So yeah. there's a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. It was thin crust, which is what I like. So I forgot bummed. what she likes. I lived there for a couple of years. And I only talk to people from Boston. Well, he 
he didn't, he was actually busy, he didn't even talk to me that night, but, but he's, he's such a great, he never forgets a face, he always remembers people and always follows up with them, just an excellent guy like that, and so he followed up with me and asked me if I'd want to play a show of the Urban Lounge, which I've been trying to do, and, but then, but then he was a total gentleman, you know, sometimes people, especially when I was looking for a band, people were being, I don't know, I was suspect, like, why do you want to play in my band, or you want to try and play in my band, but Dave was all professional, he was putting together shows and connecting people, and I think at that time he would run into Mike and Sergio, Yeah. he was playing in a hip-hop band, and which was in Sergio's friend circle, and um, we just started jamming together, he'd come over to my house, he had a podcast at the time, so he came over to kind of record me, and the first thing that, one time I came over to record her, and she played, like, she was not very good. Um, I mean, like, you're great, but, like, she didn't perform. She was very nervous. Well, yeah, because you just came over to my house and came into my house, and was just like, this is where we're going to record. I know, but... I lived in a one-room studio at that time, so... The one moment of, like, utter genius that I, like, press record, she was playing, uh, Baby, I'm going to leave. Oh, that's my warm-up song. Yeah, she's like, that's on guitar, the... she plays an amazing way. Well, I have very, I have stage fright, you know? So it's no, like, when people are watching, it's terrible. Just but... saying, like, oh, yeah. I knew that, like, she could do Led Zeppelin uh, from that moment. Yeah, not that I was, like, looking for that, but I was like, oh, this, like, not anyone can just, like, pull up and, like, really emote Led Zeppelin. For real. Uh, so I think that that was, like, a building block for, then later I was playing guitar, and, I don't know, just like heard some, just like, bluesy, but kind of also technical music, and we started writing a song called Eagle, um, which was in like a funny tuning, and... Yeah, Eagle's the first song, and Dave, Dave was in, playing in a pop rock band of his own, but he was just doing all these dark, you know, chords and modes, and I just started humming over it, and putting ad-lib, mad-libbing, that, and then came Eagle, and... I don't know, for some reason, we were like, we invited Mike to maybe record one of my country oh. rock songs. Because remember, we, didn't we do? Yeah, well. And then it was just so rock and roll. Oh yeah, I went hard on Yeah, that. yeah, because it's like a kind of country rock, and Mike sits down with the drums and just makes it into this, like, rage against the machine banger, and we were like, whoa, that's not the vibe. I'm impressed that you know who they are. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh yeah, well, Salt Lake is very angry, angry, uh, no, I outcasts. But, but so then, then we were like, well, let's try Eagle, that we've been just singing acoustically, and it just fit perfectly. No? Peach was the first song. Oh, maybe it was Peach. Well, yeah. We wanted to hear Peach. Oh, yeah. We don't play Peach a lot, but we will play Peach. I like blues, right? Yeah, but like jazz is—I don't know. 
also my stepfather plays jazz. Anyways, that's how I met them, and then we met Sergio really soon after. We just needed like a legit bass player. Well, Sergio, Sergio's band opened up for uh, Dave's band at the first. Dave, Dave and I had been talking, and you know, he was talking about his band, and I went to the show just thinking like, I hope this is good, you know, you know, because I kind of liked him, and I was just like, because I'd still like him if it was bad, but it would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
I want to hear, you know, intense stuff like in Zeppelin, like, and all the music that was happening in Salt Lake was just really just about chilling. Oh, and yeah. well, in a lot of places, it's just that shallow surface level kind of stuff. That's why our album's called Fill Again, because, like, I feel like, for me, that classic music really did make you feel a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. get that so much with the new stuff, so yeah. that's...
stoked. We like, yeah, we do a lot of live streams, and I think some of our fans here watch those. Yeah. And they haven't probably seen us in person, so yeah. that's really what we always say is like the the make or break for a rock band. Right? Yeah. yeah. This is the first time that there's an audience that you guys see us. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's really exciting. And. Uh, Lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, it's really a privilege. You know, I think a lot of bands feel like, I don't don't know, it's hard to to feel about, you know, being popular or, you know, wanting that, all all of the attention, or at least it's hard for me, but but I really uh, feel lucky that you guys stumbled onto our links and... You know, we just put the stuff out there. It's awesome to see you guys wearing our shirts. Because yeah. we, we, like, really... Printed by... Yeah, they're, it's like seeing your children again. And <laughs> send them out into the world. Because we really do print them. And Especially those, the T-1000s. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they're not the backwards one. They're yeah, mis- printed a whole... Mistakes were made. You know, backwards <laughs> ones. Yeah. Someday we'll have to... No, I... Well, like... Our one message you guys replaced it right away. Oh, we did. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah, to replace all of that. them, but they were just we too many. We tried not fully united. Yeah, when we started the T-1000 fan, I thought it was ridiculous. I was like a thousand, really, and it's been, because that was Mike's, that was Mike's brainchild, and yeah, there's quite a few, and so yeah. we're just, we're working, yeah, working we're all super... the time to, to fulfill the orders and fulfill our promise. Yeah, we're extremely grassroots, I guess, yeah. like if we didn't have people investing their energy, money, whatever into us, like, we wouldn't be here. They would have just made a different band. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so that's our, yeah, that's what we say to fans. I wanted to thank you for taking time for listening with me today. And remember, come see me for a fix.